What's wrong with you people? Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman, let me be one of the 500th or so people to tell you happy, happy new year. Happy it's new good year. Good to see you. It's good. To, I have not seen you since last year. <laughs> we made. I, I, I believe that's the first time I've used that joke. So yeah, there you go. We use that joke on Tuesday with the uh, potluck podcast. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, they, uh, the bill will be in the mail. But if you are looking for a strong theological foundation for future ministry service, might I suggest Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Many of the speakers we have featured here on the pod are professors at Southwestern Seminary and are top-notch sources for theological education. And the best way to experience Swibbits is to attend their spring preview day on April 8th. Preview days are your opportunity to see firsthand all that Southwestern Seminary has to offer. During your visit, you'll tour the campus, speak with faculty members, attend a panel discussion with fellow students, hear from President Adam W. Greenway, and experience the unique campus community of Southwestern Seminary. Spring preview day is April 8th, so register today at swibbits.edu forward slash preview and Kyle good news for anybody that would come is I will probably not be there so, so they are blessed no, they no, no danger of running into Matt Hensley no at the event of yeah, into me. I am done at Southwestern <laughs> Seminary and uh, at least in, in terms of attending as a student and of course I said that after my master's but here we are Kyle <laughs> again happy new year it's good to see you Catch us up to speed because we recorded the last three episodes before really the Christmas holidays. You went all over the world, it seems like, yeah. at least to San Antonio. And uh, and so you you had that. I know that you had uh, your wife was sick, some of that. And so you yeah. had a little extra time with your daughter. So so just walk us through the last what seems like a year, which was <laughs> three weeks of your life. Yeah. So I think all I did was drive over the break. Um, so we went to go see our in-law and spent, spent Christmas with our in-laws who are in Northeastern New Mexico. And that's about a five and a half, six hour drive, something like that. Um, and then I had planned this getaway with Michelle uh, to San Antonio for a few days, just, you know, before she got back into school and, and all that. Well, the morning we're supposed to leave, she wakes up and, and just isn't feeling great, has kind of a stomach bug. And um, so we waited a little bit and she's like, look, there's no way I can sit in a car for six hours. So um, I, uh, at that point, we had an Airbnb that was already uh, like, it was non-refundable, like morning of, and we had Fiesta Texas tickets. And so, um, yeah, we pivoted and uh, our daughter, Haley, our 12-year-old daughter ended up going with me. So we had like a daddy-daughter week. And it uh, turns out Haley is um, a roller coaster junkie. So um, that that's really good. Cause really the only roller coaster she'd ever been on, like, you know, Disney world has like, you have, you have runaway mine train or the um, seven dwarfs mine train. Um, you know, you have a few kind of small roller coasters. And then of course, Aerosmith, which is the big one. That was the only like roller coaster she'd ever been on and it's in the dark. So you don't really know like what's going on. So I was kind of concerned, but man, we had a great time at a, uh, at Fiesta, Texas, riding big roller coasters and uh, yeah, had a, had a lot of fun. So um, got back Friday and then uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. Kids went back to school today, started back to school. So um, yeah, it was a quick uh, two and a half, three week break. How about for y'all? 
Yeah, really the same for for us. It was a lot of busyness, a lot of driving, a lot of drama, all of that. Uh, we uh, we touched on this in the uh, potluck on Tuesday, but for us, you know, we we always have kind of that family dynamic stuff of uh, getting to everybody, making sure everybody's happy, all of that. You know, every family deals with that in some form, and so we had had that, and then some. This year, our girls were exposed to COVID at uh, one of the uh, uh, gatherings and uh, but thankfully nothing you know they had all recently had COVID so that wasn't an issue for them uh, I did not go to that one I stayed home and had uh, Chinese food and uh, so I'm grateful for that being the only restaurant open in Farmersville on Christmas Day <laughs> it's like a Christmas story right I mean it like is. it's the it only is. place that's open that, that man there you go it that's is. great it is <laughs> and uh, so we did that the next day we went to uh, my mom and dad's, uh, you know, of course, my dad's in the nursing home and uh, had a great time there. Of course, as we were winding things down, my mom shared that we were going to put dad on hospice. So yeah. that was a little heavier, uh, you know, kind of emotional time. But it was still a sweet time of spending time with family, uh, seeing some friends, all of that. It was really good. Uh, my best friend, uh, who's not you, of course, uh, my best friend is uh, leaving the great Republic of Texas to go to Friendly Avenue Baptist in North Carolina. And uh, so that was kind of happening during this time. So we had like a last supper with him uh, because we were all excited. Me coming back to Texas. We were gonna I, I was going to say, what, what does that say when, when yeah. you move to Texas and then your best he friend don't. moves like to the other end of the country? I know. I don't blame <laughs> him at all. And uh, but uh, but anyway, he's he's gone. And well, I think at some point he is in a uh, giant moving truck somewhere between Texas and North Carolina today. And I'm thinking, Jesus that that is not me and, Amen. Uh, and that we didn't have to do that in ours. Ours was taken care of, but, but anyway, it was a good Christmas. Good to see you back. And today, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's 2022 and COVID is <laughs> otherwise awesome. known as 2020 chapter three. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I was going to say, you know, COVID's a thing of the past. We're not worried about it anymore. None of that kind of stuff, but no, it's still here. Uh, I, I still kind of joke about how, you know, two years ago or 2020, when all of this started, I think everybody thought, you know, a few weeks of this and then we're back to normal. And here we are, uh, 2022. Yeah. And this is the normal. And uh, and so, you know, with the new variants that are now spiking and probably all the other ones to come, all of that kind of stuff is a good point to just say, OK, it's 2022. We still have a call to preach the word. Yeah. Still have a call to equip the saints for the work of ministry. We still have a call to do all of these things in this, you know, the cliche, of course, the yeah. new normal, right? This is just going to be with us for a while. Now it's yeah. more. Now, now it is precedented. It? Yeah. It, it is precedented. Who do we know that doesn't have uh, COVID right now? You know, it's like <laughs> one of those things. So, so we're in that season. And so I think today would be a good time to just reorient ourselves back to that call to preach, pray, love and stay as nam says or in our book because we wanted to stay with alliteration uh preaching praying passion and perseverance uh and so today we're going to talk about preach pray love and stay when covid just won't go away there you go i love it i love it yeah that 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 would preach that would preach but today it's going to podcast and so kyle when we talk about preaching in a pandemic We've talked about that before. We've talked about, you know, the live stream thing. That's all normal. Yeah. Everybody is pretty much doing that in some form. We figured that out, know what's working, all of that. Why is preaching still vital 
when it comes to 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think as as it always has been, preaching is, is foundational to um, our growth as believers, to the health of the church. Um, you, you know, preaching is not all that there is, but I, I will say that without healthy preaching, you're not going to have a healthy church, right? That's not the only element of a healthy church, but but it is kind of the foundational uh, element of that. If you don't have strong, uh, biblically solid preaching, you're not going to have um, a healthy church. And, and, and again, like you said, I mean, that looks maybe a little bit different. Um, so I actually, I preached at our church on Sunday at Highland Baptist, uh, because our pastor came down with COVID. He tested positive on Saturday and, and he was already kind of not feeling well. So he, he texted me that morning and said, Hey, um, be ready to go, you know, just maybe have something in the hopper. And then he texted me kind of early afternoon. and was like, Hey, um, I'm still not feeling well. So like now you're on high alert. And then he texted me later. He's like, all right, so I'm positive. So now you are, it's, it's go time. And then we ended up doing online only because um, we got like a half inch of snow and, and Lubbock just doesn't know how to operate when you have, (laughs) well, and and I will say this, there was like a a half inch of ice underneath the half inch of snow. So it wasn't that it was just, Oh no, there's snow on the ground. We have to cancel everything. It was, it was pretty hazardous out there Sunday morning. Um, So I was back in, you know, preaching in a, in an empty, mostly empty sanctuary. I think there were like 15 of us in the room um, preaching to a camera. Um, And so, you know, there may be some times where you have to do that. You know, if you have an outbreak of COVID in your, in your church, it might be wise to, to close for a week or two, you know, and, and then same thing. I mean, we're not exempt from bad weather and, and all those things. And so you need to be ready to pivot, but, but even in that preaching is foundational, right? So whether you're preaching to a full room or an empty with a camera, uh, be committed to preaching the word of God. And if you haven't already done so, you know, I know you and I would both kind of map out um, like sermon calendar for the year. Um, so we would know well ahead of time, kind of where we would be and, and kind of those Sundays where we could pivot if we needed to for something. So if, if you don't do that on a regular basis, the beginning of the year is a great time to uh, begin to think through the rest of the year and, you know, the books you want to cover. If you're a, if, if you have some topical sermons you want to cover, you know, kind of make sure that you're um, mapping those out and giving your people a healthy diet of biblical preaching. Matt? Absolutely. And uh, this past Sunday, I got to preach at Union Baptist in Sulphur Springs, and uh, we increased the worship attendance by 50%. And uh, you've had an experience like that recently. And so they had 12, which was actually high attendance for them. And uh, we made it 18 and uh, had a great time. It it really is the backbone of the Southern Baptist Convention. And, And I preached what I would do there what I would do in front of 500 or a thousand. We preached the word and, uh, and called them to respond. And, uh, and it was a great time. And so, yes, continue to preach the word. And I would say, you know, in your kind of planning stages, there's all the different things that maybe depending upon where you live, if you're up North, maybe the ice stuff or the snow stuff, isn't something y'all prepare for. If you're in Texas, that's something that you kind of have a plan. If this happens, we're shutting down Wednesday night or Sunday or whatever it might be that maybe have that as a tool to say, if this happens, then we are going to online this Sunday and then we'll resume the next week. Just have a plan. So it's not just you're flying by the seat of your pants. You know, what's coming, you know what to expect. And usually you can see one or two dominoes fall and start kind of tracing what, you know, may be coming your way. Number two is praying. We talked about this last week on praying for your pastors and the article went live on Lifeway 
uh, research yesterday. We'll put that in the show notes as, as well. And uh, But again, this is what kind of we go back to Spurgeon. What's the secret to your success? You know, my people pray for me. Yeah. And, uh, and so if our people pray for us, that's just not something that people wake up and say, hey, I should do that. That's something that we probably lead in encourage. And, uh, and so what are some ways that we can continue to value and highlight prayer in our churches? And I'll say one thing first is the first thing is where it's not just the transition of your church. You know, we've talked about that before. It's not just something that you fill in there just to get the person up on the stage or down from the stage or whatever, but actually prayer, meaningful time with God in prayer in a prayer meeting, or as you're going through the worship service at clear moments to pray. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So one of the most helpful things that I came across um, is in Brian Croft's book, uh, the pastor's ministry. And, and in that, he talks about a prayer manual that he built for, for his church membership. And um, over the course of, he just put, the, put, put together this little booklet, broke his um, church membership up into 28 days and then put them in this little prayer booklet. And he would, he would use that at, to pray through his church membership every month. And um, I did that at, in Alamogordo and even shared that with some of our deacons. I mean, you can make that available to your church members to to make that a, you know, kind of a prayer guide every day to have folks. I know you, you do something similar, I think with the, maybe the churches in your association and pastors, you, you have kind of a systematic way that you, you pray through those. Um, and, and, and that just, it gets you in the habit, right. Of praying for your people. And then also I would say, take an extra step. And on the day that you're praying for them, let them know, you know, either through an email, through text message, through a quick phone call, a handwritten note, something like that. And just say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm praying for you today. Um, and, and, and really, I mean, I think if, if we want to uh, develop a culture of prayer in churches, it has to start with pastors, like, like so much else that starts with pastors, you know, that starts with the leadership. Um, and so if you, if, if you need to develop that in your own life, that's a good way to, to do it. And then it's a good way to help your people uh, learn how to pray as well. Yeah. And I think uh, as you were talking, I was reminded of uh, kind of the seeding the pot type deal where, you know, like the seed money or something that even with the pastor's conference, a few people early on said, hey, I'm going to give and I'm going to share. And it was just like a, hey, you know, this is open for business. Come and give, you know, that kind of deal that it might be a good idea, especially if your church is one of those where your prayer list and so forth is just, uh, you know, this family member thrice removed that has a hangnail and this one with the bunion, you know, whatever it might be. It doesn't mean that we can't pray for those, but when they are very kind of uh, non-impactful prayers for a number of reasons that maybe to kind of seed some of those uh, folks in your church and say, Hey, who's somebody that you know needs to know Jesus? Will, will you yeah. please bring that forward to the church? So we're getting some of that kind of stuff in the prayer times that we have. And, uh, and so you're leading them in that direction. Never say, you know, no, we're not going to pray about that when it's yeah. something silly, but we, well, and, and the thing is like, right people to do it. Like it may be silly to other people, but to the person who's requesting that it's a very serious thing. Right. And so, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, yeah, you, your prayer meetings can be overrun with those kind of what we might consider frivolous requests. Um, and so I think it's, it's good to direct prayer meetings more away from just kind of sharing the ailments to, um, to actually praying for, for needs and, and for the gospel to go out. But at the same time, I mean, I think we need to be sensitive to um, folks 
felt needs. And, and, you know, I mean, you can pray, you know, somebody wants you to pray for your, for a hangnail, you pray for them right there for a hangnail. Um, and, you know, we don't, we don't want to dismiss that, but at the same time, you, you don't want your prayer meeting to simply um, <laughs> turn into as, as one mentor referred to it as the organ recital, right? Pray for, you know, so-and-so's kidneys and so-and-so's, you know, has a, has a toe issue and all that. In light of that, can we pause for a moment and pray that the lock-in will end? <laughs> no, uh, Kyle, number three is, is love. Uh, yeah. We talked about passion in our book, same, same idea, loving your people, uh, having a passion for what we do, actually getting up in the morning and being excited uh, for these people that sometimes want to make you crawl up the wall. <laughs> I mean, there's just times like that in our, in our ministry. And, uh, you know, there is that old cliche that the people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, there's that kind of thing that that we need to be loving our people and modeling loving others to our people. Uh, again, quickly, how how can we do that and why does that matter? Yeah, I, I mean, I think... Um... You know, like any relationship, um, love is cultivated over over time, right? It's it's built on relationships, and so you can't love your people effectively if you don't know them, and that that requires spending some time with them. You know, whether that's uh, in their homes, uh, which has become, you know, as we know, and over the course of the last couple of years, become a little difficult because um, there's probably still some folks who are like, no, I really don't want you know, really don't want you to be in my home because I don't know where you've been <laughs> and who you've been interacting with. Um, but, you know, through phone calls, through, um, you know, even, I mean, we have, we have so many ways of being able to communicate now and build relationships. Um, and so, you know, loving your people is, is something that, that will develop over time, but, but much like praying, I think it's, it's important to let them know that you love them, right? And to, to go above and beyond to show them that you love them. Um, you know, whether that's, man, you know, I'm thinking through all the, all the things I've done through the years, you know, helping folks move, um, you know, going and, and just sitting for, um, man, you know, sitting for hours sometimes at a, at a hospital, which again, <laughs> depending on your location, may, may or may not be a, be a reality at this moment. Uh, but, but checking in with folks on important days, like birthdays, anniversaries, um, especially if you have an older congregation, check in with your folks on anniversaries of maybe significant losses of a child, of a spouse, of a parent. Um, and then also, I mean, continue to check on them on their, on their wedding anniversary, even if they're a widow or widower. I mean, that, those are just some ways that you can communicate that you, that you genuinely love your people. And, um, and again, you want to talk about effective preaching. So much of that happens because there's a relationship there between the pastor and the, and the congregation. And that relationship is developed because your folks know that you love them. And, and I believe in most cases that love's going to be reciprocated, right? There may be a few outliers that just, you know, are going to hate your guts no matter what you do, but, but those will be relatively small um, percentages. You, most, the majority of your people are going to love you as their pastor. And, and that can be a wonderful relationship when, when they know that you love them uh, right back. Yeah. And, and you just touched on the preaching side of it that, you know, certainly the illustrations and, and maybe not that you're going to use their story or certainly their bad story or whatever in your next sermon, uh, at least without permission, you know, you might want to ask them before you do it. Yeah. But also when you know your people, you're able to, to preach in such a way that it's going to be relevant to, to them. You know, the word's yeah. always relevant, but as we're thinking through applications and illustrations and so forth, I, I still, I think even in our book, we talked about uh, the time I was in Kentucky 
doing a revival. Of course, I didn't have a whole lot of time to get to know these people and all of this. <laughs> I don't even remember the the text I was preaching, but I remember I had an illustration about a football team and the different position players and how they each have, it is probably, you know, the body of Christ, you know, that, that they each had a part to play and so forth, but they function together as one. Well, then as I get to know these folks and then find out, like, I don't follow basketball. I certainly don't follow NCAA basketball, but this was happening during the Kentucky Wildcats, like, March Madness run, their yeah. undefeated year. So, like, people were coming in all in blue, <laughs> like the basketball earrings and all. And so, like, in the moment, like, I don't really know these people well, but I'm able to see very clearly that football ain't their big deal. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> so, you read the room and you, you realized quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, was able to transition to something that was going to be more applicable to them and, and yeah. hit home. Like, you know, the football is, illustration was just fine, it was perfect. But it was more applicable because I knew the people and knew yeah. what they cared about in that moment. And, uh, and so then we moved to stay. And to stay, what you do is you pastor a church and then you go to the NAM team uh, to help run the replanter <laughs> development or the Colin Baptist Association to be the executive director. That's what you do to stay. Not really, but God does call and, and move in different yeah. ways. But when we are going to a church, we're putting our yes on the altar and saying, yeah. God, this is this is where I'm going to be until you take me yeah. elsewhere. And uh, why does that matter beyond the obvious of just every year, you know, somebody coming in and out and how that kind of can destroy the morale and the growth of a church? Why does that matter? Yeah, it, ma it matters for the trust of your people, right? It matters for um, just the, again, I mean, the, the foundation of biblical preaching, um, the culture of prayer. Uh, the love for your, for your congregation, I mean, all these things come together and, and it requires some sense of longevity. Right. And, and again, that's not to say that the Lord will not and cannot move you at some point, but, but you let your folks know, listen, I'm here until the Lord makes abundantly clear that, that he has something else for me. Um, and that, that my time here is done. Um, and, you know, I, I would, I would caution against, you know, going in and, and being that guy who, Oh man, I'm, I'm making a commitment to be here for 20 years. Um, you, you don't know, <laughs> you have no idea what, what life circumstances are going to happen, how, how the Lord may move you. Um, so I, I would caution against that kind of, you know, public, just, you know, arrogant, putting it out there. I'm going to be here for, for the rest of my life. But I mean, you want to let you know, your people know that you are committed to them. Um, and that in, you know, six months, you're not out the door. Um, you know, we, we talked about that, a, a commitment I made when we went to Alamogordo is that we, we bought a house, um, to, to put roots down and we ended up being there for five years. And so, um, you, you know, I, I knew for myself that I needed to not have an easy out at, at a, uh, you know, a year or 18 months or whatever, when a lease was up on a, on a rent house. Um, and, and I believe the Lord blessed and we, we saw him do some great things that came, um, really about year three. And so, you know, in that, in that kind of period when, um, most is, we know the trends year two, two, two and a half or so, when things get rough, that's kind of when uh, a lot of guys will, will tend to bail. And, and we didn't see a lot of fruit until about year three. And, uh, then, um, and, and then and then COVID, as we all as, as we know now, that, that changed the game in some ways. But yeah, you you know, look, man, be committed to your people. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that you're that you're sticking around. 
um, until the Lord makes abundantly clear that it's that it's time to move. Sir, and all of this stuff is in our book, Replanting Rural Churches. And, uh, and of course, we're going to put in the show notes a link to that if you haven't read it, uh, and also some links to the NAM uh, resources on Preach, Pray, Love, and Stay. And uh, But we thank you for tuning in. We wish you a happy, happy new year. And Kyle, send us out as we go to Preach, Pray, Love, and Stay. Yeah, well, until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Thanks for joining us today at Not Another Baptist Podcast. We're also grateful for our sponsors, the Christian Standard Bible, who present the truth of God's Word with accuracy and clarity for today's readers, equipping them for lifelong discipleship. It's a Bible you can teach from with confidence and a Bible you can share with your neighbor hearing God's Word for the very first time. The CSB, accurate, readable, shareable. Visit csbible.com for more. What's wrong with you people?